0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 162 Three Lessons Learned from a Year of No Shopping. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I live in a tiny town in Idaho where we have no mall, no Costco, and no Target. So last year in December, I decided to make the two and a half hour drive to our closest big city, Boise, in order to do some Christmas shopping. While I was there, I got some great gifts for loved ones, but the person that I ended up buying the most stuff for was myself. (laughs) Because as I was choosing a gift for my sister, I noticed a pair of really cute leopard print flats that I needed. And oh, that black sweater is so cute and it's on sale. And well, I'm not at a mall very often, so I better just grab that fun winter hat and those jeans I've been eyeing. Before I started my drive back home, I sat in the parking lot of the mall and downloaded the audio version of my friend Miranda Anderson's book. i had been meaning to read it for months, and this long drive seemed like the perfect opportunity. Her book is called More Than Enough. And I did already know a little bit about the general premise of the book, but I remember reading the full description as it was downloading on my phone and literally laughing aloud at the irony of it. The book description says, As another year unfolded, lifestyle blogger and mom of three Miranda Anderson realized she felt weighed down by the mass of belongings her family had been accumulating. In an effort to pare down and cultivate a deeper sense of gratitude and abundance in their lives, she and her husband decided to embark on a minimalism challenge where they would stop all unnecessary shopping for one year. Less stuff, more adventure became their mantra as they focused on gaining enriching family moments and seeking personal development. Life became about only choosing what truly matters and simply disregarding the rest. I remember reading that and looking up at the busy shopping mall in front of me then at the pile of bags on the passenger seat of my car and thinking, well, I wish I would have listened to this book on my way to the mall instead of on my way home. (laughs) Thankfully, Miranda's book is not meant to shame anyone about their shopping habits, and she totally understands the occasional splurge on yourself. Instead, the point of her book, and actually all of her work is to help those who read her writing, listen to her podcast, or take her online courses to become more mindful and intentional about what we choose to bring into our lives, both physically through the stuff that we buy, but also emotionally, energetically, and mentally. Miranda is a dear friend and mentor of mine, and she truly lives what she teaches about practical minimalism and abundance, and I'm thrilled to have her back on 3 and 30 today. You may remember her episode from last December about how to declutter your schedule. She really is the guru of intentional living, and make sure you listen to the end of this episode to hear about her upcoming online course, Live Free from Clutter, which I will be participating in, and I hope that you'll join me and we can all learn to declutter our lives and our mindsets together. Before we jump into the episode, I have a couple of quick announcements. First of all, it's not too late to order your Flex of Gold journal to get it delivered before the new year. You can start your Flex of Gold journaling practice anytime, but I always think it's especially fun to start a new habit at the beginning of a new calendar year. With this unique journal, you will write down one golden moment from each day, and I promise you this simple practice will change your outlook. One 3 and 30 listener, Brooke Rasmussen, a mom of two in Indiana, wrote a testimonial for the journal saying, Flex of Gold journaling has changed everything for me. In the beginning, there were days where I felt like I had to really sit and think about something, anything that might have happened that was good that day. However, as I continued journaling, it not only became easier to think of those golden moments at the end of the day, but it was becoming easier to notice them while they were happening in the moment." It's such a small and simple thing, and yet it has impacted my motherhood more than I ever thought it could. Oh, I'm so grateful for that testimonial. Thank you, Brooke, for emailing me and letting me know how the journal has impacted your life. And if any of you are listening to this and you're feeling a little tug that you'd like to start this ritual, don't wait or overthink it. Even if you're not the journaling type and you don't think you'll write in your flexible journal every day, that's okay. Even if you just write a couple of days a week, I know it will be a worthwhile practice for you. Go to 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold to reserve your copy. That's 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold. And speaking of the new year and starting off on the right foot, have you thought about how you want to support your preteen daughter as she heads into 2021? The middle school years can be so emotionally tumultuous for so many reasons, and if you're looking for a meaningful and fun way for your daughter to build positive life skills and mindset skills, I hope you'll consider signing her up for I Believe in Me, which has been this month's podcast sponsor. I have loved working with this amazing company that has a mission to help strong girls nurture strong hearts and strong minds. Their monthly membership program for 11 to 13-year-old girls features a weekly video lesson on topics such as what to do when your feelings get hurt, how to react to failure, developing good morning and evening routines, cultivating gratitude, fighting against negative self-talk and thoughts, navigating social media, developing study skills, and so much more. Girls can easily make their way through the program on their own or they can view the weekly lesson with a parent as episodes will spark discussions and questions about key topics for this unique time in your daughter's life. I have heard from many 3 and 30 listeners who are going to give this program a try for their daughters this year, and I hope you will too. Go to 3 and 30 podcastcom I believe in me to learn more. That's 3 and 30 podcastcom I believe in me. And now onto the show. This is my conversation with Miranda Anderson. Enjoy. Miranda, I am thrilled to have you on 3 and 30 today. Thank you so much, Rachel. I am honored to be here. Well, I was wondering if we could just start off with you telling us a little bit about that year-long experience that you did with your family that was the basis of your book. Give us a little bit of context about what that was about and why you decided to do it.
1: Yeah. At this particular phase of my life, I had just moved from... A small apartment in the city with my two toddlers and I was pregnant into our first home. And I had gone from living on a student budget and really like trying to make do with what we had and be really creative with the way that I decorated and the way that I shopped and the way that I lived into feeling a little bit more comfortable. Dave and I both were working. I had my third baby and I felt like, okay, I'm an adult and I finally am going to Do adult things. And for me, that meant live in a house, you know, have nice clothes, have all the furniture and decorations, and like have boxes of stuff that I bring out for the holidays and all of these things that I maybe hadn't done before thinking that I was like waiting for that. I like was, Mm. I was waiting to have the life that felt like real life, quote unquote, real life. Right. Mm -hmm. So what was interesting to me was that. I all of a sudden was there in the middle of my real life where I had a house and a yard and three kids and a job and a husband with a job and closets full of stuff and, you know, shelves full of dishes and all of the things that I thought were the ticket to feeling like I had made it. And I still felt like I was chasing something. I still Mm -hmm. felt like, what more can i add what more do i need to do what more do i need to buy uh, my house isn't quite ready for for a pinterest photo shoot yet which is so silly but it's just it's so easy to feel like we lose ourselves a little bit in what we should be doing and what other people are doing and feel like if we aren't there yet to whatever this elusive there is that we need to keep hustling hmm. and i had a particular day where i was organizing some cabinets in my kitchen. And Mm. I just had the thought, maybe I should use what I have before looking for more. Maybe I should Mm. pause this endless cycle of consumption and consumerism and seeking something outside of myself for happiness and satisfaction and try to reign it in a little bit and focus on what already exists behind my cabinet doors and already exists within my home and within my heart. And that is what led to the idea that maybe we have enough stuff to not buy anything for a year. And it was around the beginning of the year. So we had kind of resolutions on the brain. And I had just watched a documentary about minimalism. And I was like, I can't pack all my stuff into a suitcase and travel the world for a year, but I can stop shopping for a while. And so we decided to approach this as a family challenge. Let's use what we have and not buy anything else until the end of the year. And it's, it was a, it was a challenge more than like a goal. It was like, let's see what happens and experiment and let's see if we can do this and how long we go until we like break down and actually need something, you know, and it was a transformative experience. We were able to realize very quickly that when we focused on what we already had, it quickly became enough and we didn't actually need all of the things that we thought that we needed.
0: Yes. And I love that more than enough, the title of your book. And and it's really become kind of a mantra for your life that we have more than enough right now, like physically, emotionally, mentally. If we can tap into what we already have, it is enough. But it's like you said, it's so tempting to feel like we're not there yet and like keep chasing this elusive, like we don't even know what it is. We haven't even defined what there would be. And yet we're chasing after it until we decide to stop and say, what I have is enough. And this this practice, this year-long shopping pause gave you a really concrete way to practice that mindset. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's, it's so interesting that what you just said is something that I learned really solidly during that year, that enough is a decision. There mm. is not a quantity that You would say like once you hit this number and a lot of us might have that sort of set in our brains for ourselves. Like if I live in a house that's this big or once I have, you know, that designer handbag or like we have the thing that we think is our touchstone of like making it. The interesting thing that is just universally true is that as long as you're alive, as soon as you hit that milestone, you cast your net further ahead. And you look for something beyond.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know people are going to be curious. So when you say you didn't buy anything for a year... What did that look like? I mean, you don't say that. You don't say you didn't buy anything, but that is what sometimes people think you're saying. So what what were your parameters around this challenge? Yeah, this is, I love this
1: question because actually what people usually, when I'm talking to people about this challenge, a lot of times people say that we did a spending freeze for a year Mm, and that's mm -hmm. not what we did at all. (laughs) So it was not a financial experiment. It was definitely more of like a consumer and decluttering and mindset experiment. And that's where I have this mantra of less stuff, more adventure, because we quickly realized that when we didn't buy non-consumable goods, and I'll I'll define that in just a second, then the money that was left over in our budget every month, we got to use that on really fun experiences for our family. So we did more traveling. We did more going to the movies. We did more things that make memories and that build into the actual experience of my everyday life rather than just things that are going to sit on a shelf or hang in the closet, for example. So we gave ourselves these parameters of, uh, using what we had and, only buying things that were consumable and would be used up to completion. So that's like food. Uh, I always say printer paper. You know, something that with three kids, you go through doing coloring pages and things like that. We tried to use up all of our toiletries before we bought more. So I was someone who was really guilty of having all of the really fun smelly lotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. and then I'd be at the store and just see another one and like, oh, that smells good. Like I'll get another lotion, and then my bathroom drawer had 17 different little bottles and tubs of lotion, but I wasn't actually using them. I was just buying them. And so I said, okay, I'm going to stop buying lotion until I use up the lotion that I already have inside my house. And that became really fun because I started burning candles. I started using fun lotions. I started actually using up the things that I already had bought over the last several years and collected. And it was like Christmas in my own house without having to even go down the aisles of Target. So right. that was really fun. We did not buy clothes, shoes, furniture, technology items, decorations. We didn't buy books, which was really tricky. I did end up buying a lot of audio books and like Kindle versions because they, we didn't have the actual physical copies like the clutter and we used the library a ton. All of the actual stuff, like what you would think of as like belonging or like a material, you know, non-consumer good. That's what we avoided during the year.
0: And if people want to hear all, I mean, it's really interesting to hear all about how your kids did with this and everything else. They, of course, can read the book um, and get get all the insight into that. And today we're going to focus on three lessons that you learned that are universal principles that whether or not anybody ever does an experiment with practical minimalism, they can take these principles and apply them in their own life to find more abundance, to realize that what they have and who they are is enough. And so why don't you start in with your first takeaway?
1: Yeah, I want to start with a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from a British author whose name is G.K. Chesterton. And he said or wrote years ago in the 1800s that there are two ways to have enough. One is to continue to acquire more and more. The other is to desire less. And I feel like that quote just sums up the idea of if you want to get to a place of feeling satisfied and fulfilled, one way you can do that is by continually chasing this never ending idea of more. And another one is to come to a place where you just have to decide and acknowledge that you are going to see your life through a lens of abundance and enough right now. And we can Mm. do that at any point. It's really within our own power. And it is so empowering to say, okay, I'm going to, decide to see my life as just right for now. And mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully these three takeaways will help people kind of kickstart that mindset. So my first takeaway is to look around your life with new eyes. Something that I learned as we got started on this experiment was how much I had in my daily life, not only physical things like You know, the furniture in my house and the clothes in my closet, but how my life was so full of really beautiful relationships and friendships, and how I loved the time with my kids, and how I have a great relationship with my husband. And there were so many wonderful, beautiful things within my life that I simply did not see. I just Mm. wasn't seeing them anymore. And our brains naturally do this. They filter out things that exist already in our lives as background noise so that they're primed to pay attention to the new and novel. It's just a way that our brains protect us because we have these primitive brains that are trying to make sure that we don't die from an attack of a tiger or, you know, that we aren't eating poison berries. Like we have these primitive brains that are wanting to make sure that we're on high alert for things that are new or novel that we need to pay attention to. And so everything else that's sort of normal or just background, we don't notice. Our brains say, oh, yeah, that's something that we already know about. We're sort of trained and wired to continually be looking outside of our lives for the things that we want rather than looking inside of our lives for the things that we want that we already have. And my favorite practice for that is just to have a simple gratitude practice. And your Flex of Gold journal is a great example of how someone can do that in their mothering, that Mm. the beautiful experiences that exist every day that you might forget about in the the humdrum of everything else that's happening, when you take a second to capture it, then you pay attention to it. And it's the same thing with all types of gratitude. And I've kept a, a daily gratitude journal for several years now. And it's just a daily way to keep my eyes wide open to what is right in front of me.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I do feel like this leads really well into your second takeaway as well.
1: Yeah, so what is
0: the that? second takeaway is to
1: experiment with the things that you already have. This principle is based in the idea of this sort of old- One of my favorite old sayings is use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without that's an old like Quaker Americana saying, you know, back stemming from a time when people really did need to just use up all of the things that they had before they went and and got more because it was kind of a trek to get more or you had to go all the way into town or you had to have a cobbler make your new pair of shoes or whatever. Like people are resourceful. Humans are resourceful and we have been resourceful throughout history. And I think that the further down the lane of just unconscious consumerism we go, the less resourceful and creative we are. And something that was really, really fun during this challenge was that we really got back in the practice of using the things that we had in order to fulfill whatever our desires were. So one of my favorite stories, I had young kids, you know, three, five, and seven. So one of my favorite stories is that a couple weeks into the challenge, my middle son came to me and said, mom, I really want a new car i want a toy car and he had you know a bunch of hot wheels he didn't really need one but he he really wanted one and i said well okay what can we do we're not going to go to the store and buy one so what could we do to have a new car and he thought for a second and he said well we could make one using the supplies in your craft room and I said, yeah, that's a great idea. So we went into my craft room, which, you know, I have been a, a crafter and a DIYer for a long time. And so I have, you know, a couple bins of random craft supplies. And I can think of so many different mediums that could have been used to fulfill this idea of making a little toy car, even as simple as like paper, right? But mm-hmm. I happened to have some air dry clay from an old project that I had just like wrapped up the half of the bag and it was in a little box. And so we pulled out some clay and we sat and molded together and we used toothpicks to make the hole where the little wheels would go. And we had this whole experience and my other kids wanted to get in on it. So my daughter sat on my lap and my older son decided he wanted a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. We molded these little toy vehicles and let them sit. You know, They sat out to dry for an hour or two while we had lunch. And then we came back in the afternoon and we got out the paints and we painted them. And it was like this whole magical afternoon of sitting and creating with my kids, using things that we already had on hand. And, you know, were they the most durable little cars? No. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that we used them for like a week and then they like broke or, you know, got smashed or whatever. But it wasn't about actually needing a new car. You know, it it wasn't about having the toy. It was about showing my kids that we can be creative and we can be resourceful and that we can have this really fun experience of making something together to fulfill that, that sort of
0: desire, that urge to add something. What strikes me when you share that experience about making the car is that it takes more time to do something like that, to not just go and buy but it's meaningful, slower time that leads to a connection. And this, I feel like happened a lot throughout your book where you would borrow something from someone and it led to more relationships or more connection than you otherwise would have had if you would have just run to the store and purchased the thing that you needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The the whole idea of sort of swimming upstream. I think the the way that life is going right now is to faster, more instant, less connected. I mean, right now in the middle of a pandemic, it's like very little personal connection, very little interaction. Everything that we need to do, we can do through our phones. And and I'm not anti-phone and I'm not anti-technology and I'm not anti-social media. Like I think all of those things have a really useful place in our lives. And so much of the way that we use them is actually time that could be spent living our lives in a purposeful and maybe more intentional way. Time that we could spend actually connecting with people who are in our homes. Time that we could spend actually creating things rather than consuming. I think often about the balance of creation and consumption and how we are wired for creativity. I mean, humans are built to use these big imaginations and and these incredible dexterous fingers. I mean, we are we're made to make things and to be thoughtful and we can spend so much time consuming and a lot of that is time that we used to, you know, historically spend creating and I think that we feel that imbalance in our lives in some of our mental health, in some of our self-care needs. Often I feel like we just need to turn it off so that I can be present in my life. And when I'm creating, when I am turning off the messaging, when I turn off the shopping, when I turn off the what everyone else thinks I should be doing, and I focus in on what already exists and what I can do with what I have, it feels like coming home to myself.
0: That's beautiful. And it's so true that creativity almost can't exist without a little bit of space. Oh no. and, yeah! Know, and so when you force yourself to stop and pause and say, "I'm not just going to go buy this thing and make it easy. I'm going to get creative." It's remarkable what you come up with, and a lot of times even better than whatever it would have been that you oh, purchased. You for know, for sure, and,
1: yeah.
0: And it's... I feel that way, like with children. Sometimes I feel like the less toys we give them, the more creative they become. Because now all of a sudden, instead of buying the Lego set, that is the, the full layout of the city. They use the Legos they already have to design their own layout of a city without needing to look at the directions and follow the instructions of every single picture on the thing, you know?
1: Yeah, it's so true. We have to sometimes disconnect enough from the constant stream of ideas to allow ourselves to actually plug back into what our souls really need. And for me, a lot of times that is creating something, e- even creating something like writing in a journal or going on a walk or like one of my favorite things to do that has now become a tradition in the fall. We live on the East Coast in Virginia. And so there's these incredible colors that happen in the fall here. And I have made a, a tradition for the last couple of years to go on a rainbow leaf walk and I collect an entire rainbow of leaves. I can get all the way from like brown bright, bright red all the way through the whole rainbow, even to like the deep purples and blues, like that that really wow. beautiful, uncanny hue just w- on a walk in my neighborhood. And it, it takes me a couple hours and it is so fulfilling and so fun. It's not like I'm doing it for a purpose other than just that it's so fun and so interesting and and makes me so in awe of the beauty of the earth and things like that, that you just have to create space to let yourself create. And that will really feed, it really feeds our souls. It really does.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that also, as you were saying that, I'm like, have I ever seen a, a blue colored leaf that like, could I do that where I live? And honestly, I don't know because I haven't been looking. So I think it goes back to your first takeaway where if I were to go on a leaf walk, I would suddenly be tuned in and looking for all of the different colors of the leaves because there probably are all of those colors right outside my window, and I just have never noticed. So getting intentional and looking with new eyes leads to these discoveries, these creative discoveries.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's pretty amazing what we find that is right here, that's always been here, if we just are paying attention to
0: it. Yes. And then what is your third takeaway?
1: So my third takeaway is sort of a two-in-one. It's say yes to the things that matter most and say no to everything else. And this mm-hmm. is, it's kind of a big one. <laughs> yeah. So these takeaways I will just mention because I love an acronym. They follow the pattern less. So it spells the word less. The first takeaway is to look around your life. The second takeaway is E, experiment with what you have. And then say yes to what matters most and say no to everything else. We have written the word less, which is what... I think is is the place where I believe we find enough is by learning to desire less. Mm -hmm. So saying yes to what matters most really I I think it's really important, maybe more important than ever, that we learn to tune into our own personal values and desires. Mm -hmm. And again, that's something that's really hard to do right now when we have so much outside messaging coming at us, just streaming at us through social media, through Netflix, through even all of the books we read and all the news that we see. So in order to say yes to what matters most, you first have to get quiet with yourself and figure out what it is that matters most and what you want your life to look like. Because you can build your life to look however you want it to. Those are personal choices, though, that you need to make. And once you are clear on that... The, the what matters most, what do I want my life to feel like, what do I want it to look like, then it becomes really easy to say no to everything else. One of my very favorite things is to remind people that you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Like <laughs> Everything is optional and we fill our lives so often with these things that we think we should be doing because someone else told us to or because that's what a quote unquote good mom does or a good wife does. And I say no. I say Allow yourself to decide what you want your life to be filled with and then consciously eliminate everything else. Mm. And that, again, is going to look different for you than it will for other people. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. And I can even think of an example that you've taught me with business that, you know, you and I are both creative entrepreneurs and that can be a never-ending thing. Like you could always be improving and adding levels to your business or arms and revenue streams and different strategies and different social media channels and it could never end but you told me you made a conscious decision that you never want to have a really big humongous business like you had to get clear about what you wanted and then instead of just always listening to like the podcasts that say you need to try this or that or whatever else it's like recognizing that just because I could do something doesn't mean that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Just because I could grow my business to a certain level or I have the capacity or whatever doesn't mean that it's what I even want to do.
1: Yeah, it, it is really empowering to figure that out. And then mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon when I go on a bike ride with my kids and I go out to lunch and we sit at the park and go to the river and I just am enjoying some downtime and then like go on a date and watch a movie, you know, I can think instead of thinking all day long, gosh, I should be checking up on my email list or I should be adding a new offering to my shop or all the things that, you know, if I wanted to just hustle nonstop, it can feel like any time that you have is time you should be using for X, Y, or Z. But when you choose... I want my Saturdays to mostly be days that I'm just relaxing and enjoying being alive, then I can feel really confident about that and not feel like I'm taking something away from my own future success, rather that I am living into my present success. And that is really, it's really powerful to get to a place where you're like, yeah, I feel really good about my decisions and that's okay. I think that it is really important to remember that we are the ones that live our lives No one else has to live with my decisions. I am the one who has to live with my decisions. And so I better choose the things that I love and not waste a bunch of time stressing out over things that don't matter to me.
0: Yes, totally. And you've really helped me to define things. I find myself that I very often... I'm reaching for something and I don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, well, I'll say to you like, I just feel like I'm behind in this or that. And you'll say, well, define for me what the goal is. Is there a goal? If not, it's always a moving target. And I'm right. like, now that you mention it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Know.
1: You know? It's so, funny that we would feel bad about never hitting a target that we it, actually don't, even don't have it. a target for. Yes, like- <laughs>
0: yes absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think that so many people do, though. I mean, so many people feel like, gosh, I'm I'm not a good mom or I'm not doing enough or I, I should be doing more. I should be further along by now. Like, there's a lot mm. of I, other people are so much further down this path. I should be more successful by now. And that's just simply untrue. Like, there isn't a bullseye that everyone is supposed to hit. You're yeah. only... The protagonist of your own story. And that means wherever you are in your story is exactly where you're supposed to be right now.
0: I think it's a really practical practice to sit down and define for yourself what it is that you want and what you're going for. And it can be big. You might sit down and do that and realize, actually, I do want to build a really big business. But until you've actually defined it, you don't even know what you're hustling for. Yeah. You know? And so I think that that's something that I've learned from you. It's really it- beneficial.
1: And one point, again, I I want to make sure that people understand that I'm not saying that if you want to hustle for something, for a big dream and a big goal, that that means you have to hate your life along the way. Because what I'm saying is that you can have a big goal and a big dream and enjoy the whole process. You can enjoy every step along the way and know that when you're working late and that you're up hustling and that you're doing it, that you're like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to be doing and I Mm -hmm. love it, rather than feeling like, I have to do all of this in order to feel successful.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah, that's a shift I need to make that I'm slowly making, thanks to you. Helping. You're doing a great job. <laughs> well, thank you. And I want you to tell everybody more about your upcoming course that you have. I'm going to be taking it, and I would love to invite anyone from the 3 and 30 community to take it with me. So tell us about your course.
1: Yeah, so Live Free from Clutter is a five-week guided intentional living course that sort of came into being as a result of my own experiment and then my book and people reading my book and following along on my podcast and saying, okay, I am on board with these ideas and I don't know what to do next. There's a big difference between believing and understanding something and putting it into practice in your own life. And mm-hmm. so Live Free From Clutter is a course that bridges the gap between this desire to live a more intentional and abundant and fulfilled life and actually putting some practices in place and some systems in place in your life that enable you to actually do it. And yeah. I created it with intention as a guided course so it's a 5 week course and every week there is an audio lesson that is a listen at your own pace lesson and then there's a live webinar. And I I do it live. Every time I do the course, I get on every single week and do it live because I think that every group has questions that they want answered. They, they have their own specific scenarios. It's kind of like a big group coaching session almost mm-hmm. that we have access to every week during those five weeks. So I can really drill down with people if they have questions or if they have experiences they want to share. And I love that I can offer that. There's also a workbook that goes along with it. So each week we focus on a specific idea that we develop in the webinar. We get into a little deeper, kind of like a deeper dive into it and answer questions. And then there's a homework assignment that goes along with it. I know that it's mostly busy moms that take the course. And so the whole time commitment is about two and a half to three hours a week if you're doing all of it. And all the webinars are recorded. So if someone can't make it live, they have access to it later and forever. It has been really fun, though, to take these principles and help people put them into practice in a lasting way. And all of the feedback that I have is that people come into it expecting like a little shift in being able to declutter their closet or getting a little bit of help with maybe some consumer shopping habits that are out of control. And they emerge from the course feeling confident and fulfilled and with just a mindset shift that they didn't expect. And that mm-hmm. has been really fun to see that it's is really affecting people for good.
0: Yes. Well, I know I am so excited to take it and I encourage everyone listening to join me if you're feeling a little tug in your heart that this might be something that you need. Miranda, just thank you so much for all the work that you do and put out into the world and for who you are, the calm, grounding being that you are. I totally rely on it in my own personal life, and I'm glad that we could share a little bit of that with the people listening today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I just have one final thought for people who are listening. After all of the takeaways that I shared. My main hope for people, for women, is that you can begin to believe and really understand that today, right now, without changing a single thing about your circumstance, that you already are and have more than enough in your lives. You are doing a great job exactly as you are. And this has been a challenging year for everyone. And I think our mental states and our, our abilities to cope have been challenged in ways that we never imagined. And at the end of the day, at the end of the year, what I hope is that people will recognize that you're doing, you're doing just right. You, you are doing enough. And exactly as you are is exactly the way that you're supposed to be
0: right now. Uh words I definitely need to hear all the time. So thank you for sharing those and for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you. Love you, Rachel.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Miranda has so much wisdom to share and I hope you'll join me in her live free from clutter course, which starts January 11th. Remember, this is about so much more than just decluttering your stuff. It's about decluttering your mindset, your schedule and your life. I'll put the link in the show notes, and if you use the code RACHEL25, you'll get $25 off the cost of enrollment. I'd love for you to do the course with me. To recap Miranda's three takeaways from today, remember she based her takeaways on the acronym LESS, L-E-S-S. L is for look. Look at your life with new eyes. Remember, our brains are wired to notice the new and novel, so when you stop adding constant input into your life, you might actually be able to see the beauty that is already in your life right now. That might mean doing a little shopping pause, social media pause, or whatever it is that often makes you crave more or leaves you feeling like you're falling behind. One way to make the mundane more novel is to notice it and record it, and I'm grateful that Miranda mentioned my Flex of Gold journal, which is a beautiful tool for moms who want to look at their daily lives with their children with new eyes and see all of the magic that is already there. You can find out more about this journal at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash flexofgold. Miranda's second takeaway is the letter E, which stands for experiment. Experiment with things you already have before you rush to buy something new. Within this takeaway, we talked about how it's often easier to consume than it is to create, but creativity just needs a little space to flourish. So before jumping into consumption mode, when a need arises, pause and get creative to see if you can fill that need with something you already have. And takeaway number three is from the SS in the word less, say yes and say no. More specifically, say yes to what matters most to you and say no to everything else. In order to know what matters most to you, you may have to get quiet with yourself and tap into your unique values and desires. After you've defined what you want for your life, and that may include your home decor, your parenting choices, your schedule, or your business, consciously choose it by saying no to opportunities that don't align or fit, even if that's countercultural. Remember, say yes to what matters most to you by saying no to what doesn't. Friends, I hope this episode gave you a lot to think about as we head into 2021. I know many of us are thinking about resolutions and designing the kind of lives that we want to live, and I hope these insights will help. Remember that you are more than enough, just as you are, and you have everything you need within you in order to be happy and successful in 2021. I truly believe that, and I'm wishing you all an abundant, peace-filled week with your family.